the community around people who love books is just such a... And welcome to Living a Life Through Books. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed. We are in the middle of our conversation with Katie. So let's pick up where we left off. This is part two of a conversation with Katie. Really wholesome, positive, encouraging one, you know, because everyone just admits they want a story and it's so great. <laughs> and, and not only that we want a story, we love stories and yes. we love talking about the stories. Oh my gosh, have you read this? And it's like, oh, I love this. And, and then it's like this whole conversation and a book community and it's so great. It's really amazing because when I was little, like we were at the library all the time. So we were doing all the library programs. We always had these stacks of books. And I was like this all the way through high school where I was always at the library, super involved there. And it was so nice because I was always talking about books. And I feel like it's a different kind of conversation when you're in a college English class. You're talking about books, but it's not like, did you just read this YA fantasy? It's amazing. Let's talk about dragons, you know? different kind of conversation. I like both kinds of conversations, but I was really missing out on that conversation about let's talk about dragons. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, yeah, I've, I've been in college English classes and it's different. It was kind of fun. I actually did a college writing class once. Ooh. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. College level. And we had to write a story and that's when I learned about the art of critiquing a story that when someone story comes up, the author can't speak because the story has to speak for itself. Yes, that's so important. I had done the summer before my junior year, I had done a two week course at Boston University for a summer program about creative writing. And it was so helpful for me in learning about how to write and how to edit, you know, in this very early stage before I even really knew what publishing was about, where we would sit in a circle and yeah, the author was not allowed to speak. And that was the hardest thing for me when I wrote anything, because I just wanted to defend my work and be like, this is where I'm coming from. But do you not understand so this? This is that's so obvious. What are you people talking about? <laughs> yes, it's so hard, but it's been so useful. And I think it really helps you as an editor to know how you feel on the other side because there is two different versions. So if I'm coming up with critiques, there's the stuff I might have in my head that's a little more rough of, oh no, what are you doing? Why would you do this? And then, you know, when I actually present it, I'm like, so if we changed it a little bit this way, it might make more sense because I was a little confused here, you know? Right. Um, right. It's definitely helpful because you always have to think, I was in that hot seat once and I remember how I felt. I definitely, you always want to build up and encourage and you always want to try and focus on the good and how you can keep improving the good. Cause that's, cause people will be like, cause you'll get defensive if you're trying to be like, you know, Oh, this is terrible. Why'd you do that? So right. I always find working on the positives is so much more helpful. Right. Or we start, start off with your story. This is wrong. And this is wrong. And <laughs> this is wrong. Oh, and this is wrong. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. So there you go. <laughs> it's like, Nothing's worse than a red pen all over. I had a teacher in high school who would only use purple pens. Cause she's like, red pens are too triggering for you guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> And so now purple pen is triggering for you. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I can't look at any pen now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to switch gears and talk about you and reading and books. What's your earliest book memory? 
Oh gosh, that's so hard. Cause I always read with like my parents before bed. That was something we always did. One of the ones that really stands out is the monster at the end of the book. It's like Grover from Sesame Street. And he's so worried the entirety of this book because he says there's a monster at the end and he knows this. And if you turn a page, you're going to find this monster. And he's like building all these bricks on every page. And if you turn it, then all the bricks fall down. And he's so anxious. And when you get to the end, he realizes he's the monster. And he's like, oh, I'm a cuddly monster. So it's okay. Oh, that's it's, cute. It's such an interactive book, though, because Grover the whole time is like, no, no, don't turn the page. So when you do, he's like, oh, no, you turn the page. And it's so cool because it gives you so much agency as a reader from such a young age that you're the one that's moving the plot forward. That is so cool. Yeah. So I always loved how engaging that one was. And my mom actually sent it to me last year in a care package where, so I had some like snacks and stuff in it. At the bottom of the box was the book with a post-it note attached that like, you know, this one always made me smile and it always made you smile. So here's something while you're in college that you can like always look at to make you smile. And I still will look at it and be like, oh, that is adorable. Yeah. Oh, that that's the cutest memory ever. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's so sweet. And then, like, I remember when I got older, what my mom and I would do is we would take turns reading to each other, and that's how we got through Harry Potter. Wow, that's a we, good idea, too. Yeah, so I really love doing that because I just think it's so important to have children be engaged with what they're reading because I hate that when you're little, there's the idea of story time is the adult sits in the chair and you sit on the floor and you're not allowed to talk and you can't interact with the book. I think it's so important that, you know, you can ask questions and you can, you know, like I was um, volunteering with Head Start two weeks ago uh-huh. and we were reading a picture book to the kids and it was about a mother polar bear who lost her baby polar bear oh. and then at the end they find each other and it's all about how love's the most important thing and the kids were just so clever and they're like four years old and they go where's the dad polar bear why is oh. he looking for the baby and I'm like that's a good question guys and they were just so fixated on this where they're like you know well why is there only one polar bear why aren't there two polar bears and how did she lose the baby where did the baby go welcome to kids they'll they'll you know what we should put kids as developmental editors they'll like they'll break in every story going why'd you do this we should do this and this and this i'll be like oh cool But it was so cute, but it just really makes you think of they already have these like high level analytical skills that I feel like teachers don't always acknowledge till they get older. And I just think it's so important that, you know, story time is such a foundational thing. And um, so, yeah, that's really important for me. And like I said, my mom always brought us to the library when we were little. We were really fortunate that our library had a lot of programming that went on. So there was a lot of story time. One of my absolute favorite things they did was there was a service dog that you could read to so you could be more confident like speaking in front of other people Mm -hmm. so there was this little like story time area and it would just be you and the service dog's owner and the service dog and you would read a story to it and I loved it because I love dogs and it was super nice because I love public speaking but I have some trouble because I'm not very good at like enunciating and I'll just talk really really fast you're doing um, fine here. I I have no issues with your enunciation. Wonderful. Thank the therapy dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really nice because, you know, you could just practice with the dog and the dog won't judge you. Um, <laughs> right, right. 
the dog won't judge you. That is correct. But probably the best thing I ever did at the library was, well, two things. They, one led to the other. Well, the first one was this program called Battle of the Books. It was a countywide competition where you would have a team from your library and you would read a, read a series of young adult. You would read, oh, was it, it was eight books in the junior high division. Okay. So you read eight books and then you would have to memorize the smallest details from them. So it'd be like, what color were his shoes? Oh what boy. Did he eat when he was walking to the mall? And no way. Oh my gosh. That's was, like studying a book. It was, but it was so fun because everyone was so into it. So we would have, I think when we split it up, we'd have like four books each. It got easier when we got to the advanced level because then we only had to do one book each. Thank goodness. Because it was, oh my gosh. But yeah, I remember when we were doing that and our library was super competitive about it, but like in a really fun way where we all really want to win. So we would all have all these extra practices and we'd get together and we would have all these snacks. So there was always like a table of snacks and we'd have all of our books and we'd be so excited about them and there was always a costume contest at the competition as well so I remember my first year we dressed up as Toy Story and there were little kids there you know as like and they thought we were the real characters it was so cute when I was in high school we did Star Wars and we went all out and we did like face paint and everything and it was so cute wow so it was a lot of fun because it was my first exposure to a community that was just so in love with books. And this was just, you know, such a huge part of our summers. Um, and then when we were in high school, it was during the winter. I think it was, oh, I'm trying to remember, the competition was in March. So it was over like three months. So it was like the second semester of high school. So that was also really nice because, you know, you get you finish your finals and then you have all the fun with books. And then as a result of doing Battle of the Books when I was going into seventh grade, they wanted the library wanted to make a way to promote its different programs. So one of the ones they really wanted to promote was Battle of the Books because it's such a cool program and they want more people to know about it. So we made a movie about this program and we made it as kind of a spoof, kind of like dodgeball, where okay. we did where we thought Battle of the Books meant you throw books at each other. So we okay. had these silly montages of us outside doing push-ups and like you know the books that were gonna like get thrown away because they were like torn up or whatever we were like throwing them at water bottles to knock them over and oh my we, we discover it's actually about trivia <laughs> and it was so cute we had a little autograph session with our parents when we finished the movie and we did a screening and it was so adorable And then after that, we decided to make a monthly YouTube video about programs that were going on at the library. So I did that for a few years where every month we'd all get together and we would talk about what was available for like kids to do, for like the adults to do, the young adults. That's a great idea. Do that for the library. Yeah. And we would interview librarians. So I remember one of the first interviews was a children's librarian who had been there for years and years and years and was retiring. And it was so cool because she got to share, you know, this is what I loved about the position with everyone. And it was so sweet. We would do different skits and stuff within the video. So to celebrate President's Day, we dressed up one of the girls as like Mary Todd Lincoln. I oh, went, wow. <laughs> one random hoop skirt. So I was Mary, I was a Martha Washington at one point for another President's Day episode. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but it was nice because I always had this community like all throughout um, junior high and high school. And- that's it for this episode 
I hate to break up the conversation, but I don't want to make my episodes super long. So join Katie and myself on Monday for part three of this conversation. Before I go, please review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast engines you listen to. Like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Living a Life Through Books. This episode and all my other episodes are being uploaded to my website at shnazamed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. Also, please share this podcast with your family and friends. Together, let's start a reading revolution. My website and logo was designed by Alia Rahman. She's a St. Louis-based graphic designer and surreal artist. You can contact her at aliarahman.com. That is A-A-L-I-A-R-A-H-M-A-N.com. My starting and ending music to this and all my other episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. Oh,